Pastor Chris's podcast. So today is Palm Sunday. Um, it's a day that we have come to know and to love and uh, to cherish as our kids wave the palm branches. And it was so wonderful to see all the faces of the kids in the video waving their palm branches and knowing that they are at home doing that. Even though we're not together, we're doing it together. But you know, this day, this holiday that we've come to cherish didn't exist when Jesus uh, walked on the earth. In that day, it had not yet become known as Palm Sunday. But instead, it was uh, the day that the Jewish people would select the lamb that they would slaughter for Passover. And so they would, uh, you know, there's sort of, you, if you wanted to make an, an, uh, a comparison, it would be kind of like, some traditions that many families in our time have when we go out to hand select the Christmas tree that we're going to put up in our homes and to decorate. And so maybe you, if you, if you are a family that does that, you go out and you look for just the right tree that's just the right size and shape for your home and you, you look at all of the different ones until you find just the one that you want. And then you put that on in your home and you decorate it and you get it all ready. So that was kind of what that they would do. As a family, they would select the lamb that they would uh, be using for Passover and they would go out and look at all the different lambs. They had to get just the right lamb that was, was pure and spotless and would uh, be the one that would be their family lamb for Palm Sunday. And so... That was what they did. And this is what they were commanded to do. Way back in Exodus chapter 12, verse 3, on this day, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. Now, the Passover was the most important religious festival and holiday for the Jewish people. It was the day that they remembered how God had delivered them from slavery in Egypt and brought them out of captivity and made them a free people, His holy nation his holy people. And they were, uh, you remember, slaves in Egypt, and God sent a number of different plagues to convince the Egyptians to let them go. And the, the last plague, the most terrible plague, was the angel of death co uh, went across the land of Egypt, and every home that did not have the blood of a lamb on the doorpost over them would lose the firstborn child in that household. But God warned the Hebrews. He said, take a lamb and slaughter it and put the blood over the doorpost of your home. And when you do, the angel of death will pass over your home. And that's where the, the phrase Passover comes from. And in the New Testament, the Christians clearly saw that Jesus was the Passover Lamb. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7b, Christ, our Passover Lamb, has, has been sacrificed for us. And isn't it interesting, and isn't it no coincidence, that Jesus entered into Jerusalem to great fanfare, on what we call Passover, on what we call Palm Sunday, but what they knew as Lamb Selection Day. And here is the Lamb of God entering into Jerusalem and everyone is cheering. They don't know what they're doing, but the Lamb that God has chosen, 
to be the sacrifice for our sins so that sin and death pass over our homes is entering into Jerusalem. And I want to read that story to you from John chapter 12, and it's verses 12 through 19. The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet Him. They shouted, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and he rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, Don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at that time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered into the, his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. And that is the reason so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about his miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees said to each other, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And today is Palm Sunday, and our tradition is to wave palm branches and to see the children smile faces and everybody having a good time. And Palm Sunday this year has me thinking about a different kind of palm that's so important, the palms of our hands. And you know, they, they've said that we need to be careful to wash our hands frequently, and I have said the Lord's Prayer more in the last uh, several weeks of Lent than I've ever said it in my life, because every time I wash my hands, I say the Lord's Prayer, because they said that's, it takes about 20 or 30 seconds to do that, and that's the amount of time that you need to wash your hands. So I invite you to do that if you've not done it already. But we're supposed to wash our hands, and we have to be very careful. We, we have to stay six feet apart from each other and, and not touch each other with the palms of our hands, because that's one way that you could spread the coronavirus. And that's hard. We, we want to shake each other's hands and hug each other's necks and touch each other, but we can't do it. The other day, I had to deliver something to the Head and Teasley family. And uh, little Jasmine Teasley, she, every time I see her, she runs up to me, and, and she's so sweet, and she just runs up to me, Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris, and she hugs me. And the other day when I, I took something to their home, um, I had to say, no, Jasmine, you can't. You can't hug me. And everybody was saying, no, no, no. And, and of course, she was upset because all she wanted to do was hug Pastor Chris, and she couldn't do that. And uh, it broke all of our hearts, broke my heart that we couldn't do that because we have to be careful right now what we do with our hands. And at the same time that we're being careful with the palms of our hands, there are others who are, are being required to go out and to use their hands to bring healing and to hope and touch and care. Doctors and surgeons and, and nurses like my wife who are going into the hospital, healthcare workers that are going there and using their hands to touch and to bring healing. And of course, they're trying to be careful and they're praying for the Lord to keep them safe because in order to bring healing, they must use the palms of their hands and, and their fingers and, and all of that. And of course, there are others like first responders that are uh, the ones who are called to come running 
when someone has a, a heart attack or a health issue or an automobile accident, and these first responders, the first ones on the scene, they have to use their hands to help. And as we are staying isolated, their job is to go and not be isolated in order to use their hands to help. And there are others too that we shouldn't forget. As I went out uh, Friday morning to buy groceries, and I had to get those groceries, and there in the, the line, uh, as everybody passes by, is the cashier behind the checkout counter, um, making sure that we can buy the groceries that we need. And, and delivery people driving trucks and bringing the supplies to the grocery store so that we have the milk and the eggs and the meat and the vegetables and the bread that we need. And FedEx drivers and UPS drivers and the postal workers delivering packages out, using their hands to place those packages into our homes. People like my, my daughter Grace, working at Taco Bell, um, at the drive-through uh, drive window, uh, distributing food through the windows with their hands to, so that we have the food that we need to eat. And, and, and others that are essential, like people working in sanitation, picking up our garbage and making sure that it's uh, discarded properly. Uh, Essential work that must be done because if our garbage piles up, we're all in terrible trouble. The hands of all of these people, so important, and others that have been deemed essential. It depends on the set of hands. You know, I was thinking about that. Uh, I've never been a very good basketball player. When I was a kid, I loved to play it, and we had a basketball goal in the backyard. It was fun to play, but I was never very good at it. In my hands, a basketball is worth about $19. <laughs> That's it. But if you take that same basketball and you put it in the hands of Michael Jordan, worth millions. In my hands, two fish and a few loaves of bread is good for a few fish sandwiches. <laughs> you take those same two fish and loaves and put them in God's hands, and He feeds thousands. Nails in my hands produce maybe a birdhouse. I built a birdhouse last weekend, something to do, just to relax. But you take those same nails and you put them in Jesus' hands, they produce the salvation of the whole world. You see, it all depends on the hands. Whose hands is it in? Who holds your life in His hands? Who holds our world in His hands. Put your concerns and your worries and your fears and your hopes and your dreams and your families and your relationships in the right hands. Put them in God's hands. Because it all depends on whose hands are holding it. Whose hands are holding you. I want to tell you a little bit about Jesus' hands. The palms of his hands were carpenter's hands. Just a man's hands. He was a man just like us. He did ordinary things with his hands. He prepared food. He, he was a carpenter. He built ordinary things, useful things, like houses, maybe some furniture. Ordinary, 
but useful things. Maybe he even used those hands to, to produce some things that weren't necessarily as practical, but maybe they were beautiful and they were artistic and they brought hope and inspiration to people as they chiseled away wood or stone and created something that was beautiful. But they were just ordinary human hands. When he washed them a lot, like we do, they got dry. When he worked with his hands, they got rough and callous. Maybe from time to time, maybe did he ever smack his thumb with the hammer? Did he have cuts and, and bruises on his hands? Because they were just a man's hands. But at the same time, <coughs> Jesus' hands laid the foundation of the world. In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, In the beginning, the Word, which is Jesus, already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him. Nothing was created except through Him. So the same hands who built houses and furniture were the same hands that built the world. Jesus' hands were carpenters' hands. They were just a man's hands, but they were also the hands that built the world. And Jesus' hands were healers' hands. You think about those nurses and doctors that are <clears throat> reaching out, putting themselves in danger to heal other people. Jesus did the same thing, but even more so. As He walked on this earth, as He brought the kingdom of God, as He ushered it in into our broken world, we saw glimpses of what the kingdom of God is like. As Jesus used His hands to scoop up mud from the earth and to smear them across a man's eyes who had not been able to see since he was born and the blind man was born. As Jesus reached out His hands and, and grabbed hold of another man's hands who had been lame, not been able to walk, and He lifted him up and suddenly He was healed and able to walk again. As Jesus took His hands, His caring hands, and He reached out to touch people that society says was untouchable because they had leprosy. They were unclean. Maybe they were even contagious. And Jesus took His hands and He touched them and He healed them. Jesus' hands were the hands of a healer. Jesus' hands are the hands of a Savior too. Reaching out to save us, to grab our hands and to pull us out of wherever we are, whatever danger we are in, to pull us out to safety. Jesus' hands are a Savior's hands. They're hands that were pierced by the nails. They're hands that bled for us. Because of our sin, Jesus went to the cross. And they placed His hands against the wood of the cross. And using a hammer, they pounded nails through the palms of His hands. And He bled and He died. Not for His own sin, but for ours. Because Jesus knew that if He didn't do it, we would have to pay the price. We would have to suffer eternal death. And so instead, 
he took the nails in his hands because he knew we couldn't take them in ours. And speaking of this, many hundreds of years before it even happened, the, the prophet Isaiah said, See, I have written your name on the palms of my hands. Isaiah 49, verse 16. When you look at Jesus' hands, you see the scars of the nails that held Him to the cross. But when He looks at the, the scar that He sees, bears your name. That's what Jesus sees in the palm of His hands. Jesus' hands are Savior's hands. They took the nails for us, and they hold us now when we need Him most. We call today Palm Sunday, but originally it was Lamb Selection Sunday. And as we prepare for Easter, we all... Each one of us as individuals need to select who is our lamb. Who will your lamb be? I pray that today you will select Jesus Christ as your lamb. If He is your choice, and I hope He is, tell somebody that Jesus is your lamb. Tell, him, tell them that you have chosen Jesus to be your Savior, to be your healer, to be the one that holds you and your family and your life in His hands. Somebody recently has come up with a very creative way to bear witness to the fact that Jesus is our Lamb, the Lamb of God that has taken away our sins and takes away the sin of the world. Somebody has gone on Facebook this past week and they've started something I think it's a Facebook group called the Red Ribbon Mission. And it's a very simple way to bear witness to our Savior. If you choose Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lamb, I would invite you to symbolize this by tying a red ribbon to your doorpost. Or you could tie it to your mailbox or your porch railing. The red ribbon recalls the way the Jewish people who came out of Egypt as slaves to become God's holy people, smeared the blood of the Passover lamb across their doorpost. But the red ribbon symbolizes for us the blood of Christ, who is our Passover lamb. And if He's the one that you have chosen as your Savior, tell the whole world about it. Put that ribbon on your door, or on your mailbox, or your porch railing, where everybody can see it. Take a picture of it. Post it on our church Facebook page or your personal page. Let everyone know that Jesus is your Lamb and His blood covers your life. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world has come to save us. Let us put all of our hope and all of our trust in Him for He is the only one that is truly worthy and trusted the one that we can trust. Let's bow our heads. Father, we come to pray for you, pray with you, and we thank you.
for Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, that you sent to take away the sins of the world. We thank you for His hands, those nail-scarred hands that bring healing and hope and hold us tightly when it seems like the world is falling apart. Lord God, we trust in Him today. Thank you. In His name. Amen.